it is Free Talk Live. Starting out this Wednesday, you're invited to call in, talk about whatever is important to you. That's 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And there's all sorts of stuff to talk about. Nikki, you brought in something about a mom, de- mom. That's hard to say. Mom- Momnibus. Momnibus Act, which I've never heard of. Bonnie, you have a story about single men and sex. And Nikki, you have another story about a North Carolina birth certificate law that I haven't heard anything about. But based on it being North Carolina, I can guess what it has to do with. And it's probably got something to do with trans people and birth certificates. Yep. So let's get into that because I haven't heard anything about it and I'm curious. I generally don't like talking about trans things, but North Carolina keeps making headlines for doing stupid things. And I suspect this is going to be another very long list of stupid things. If I recall correctly, a few years ago, they attempted to pass a law or they did pass a law requiring a person to use the bathroom of the sex that was listed on their birth certificate. Yeah, which I can imagine could be very awkward for some people that don't look like that gender. Can you imagine trying to use the restroom somewhere, though, and having to show the owner of that restroom your birth certificate? <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely insane that they would... I mean, that that's as bad as restaurants in California requiring people to show ID in order to buy a Happy Meal. <laughs> yeah. Did Both the, of those things are equally insane. Were there any stories of that actually happening where like a owner was like, show me your birth certificate? I don't know. The only chance that we really had to see that was, this is why I don't like Caitlyn Jenner, right? Hmm. When this law went into effect, Donald Trump said, I don't care who uses the restrooms in my place. You can use in my hotels or my casinos or whatever. You can use whatever restroom you want. So Caitlyn Jenner made this video where she went to one of Trump's properties and used the women's restroom. Instead of doing something meaningful, like going to North Carolina and doing the same thing there, where it would actually have been illegal. So, but I thought Caitlyn Jenner was like a big fan of Trump. I don't know if I, I don't know what Caitlyn Jenner's politics are. I just know she's she wants to be the Rosa Parks of the trans movement, but she's only going to she's only willing to sit on the bus that's that she already knows in advance is going to let her sit wherever she wants. Hmm. And I don't think a single transgender person wants Caitlyn Jenner to be their spokesperson. <laughs> like, I can't I think, think of anybody. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know of very many trans people who have anything nice to say about Caitlyn Jenner. I certainly don't. Yeah. So this the title of this article is North Carolina Birth Certificate Law Discriminates Against Transgender People. Federal lawsuit says. So a, the, a federal system, the federal government is suing North Carolina. No, it is some... Oh, it's being brought in a federal court. Yes, it's like some transgender association type of thing. And I think there are three other people associated with it. One adult and like two 16-year-olds that their, their parents are suing in their behalf. So it's a federal lawsuit that was filed Tuesday saying that North Carolina law prevents some transgender people from changing their birth certificate to reflect the gender that they identify as. I don't understand. I guess in North Carolina, where they've sort of made a big issue about the birth certificate thing and your birth sex, I don't understand why any trans person would have stayed in North Carolina at that point. But if you're not in North Carolina, what do you care what sex the government says you are? 
Let's just eliminate that field entirely from government records because it's not their business and it's not their determination. Well, I think some people are upset about it because they want to change their legal documents to reflect their chosen gender because they kind of like some transgender people want to keep it a secret that they're trans for whatever reason. So they kind of don't want to be outed and they feel like. If they're outed, then they feel more likely to be discriminated against or attacked or whatever it might be. So so if they can't get their birth certificate up, updated, presumably they can't get their ID updated? I would Is assume so. Why wouldn't they just leave North Carolina? It's, it's proven that it's hostile to them. Yeah, that would, that would probably be a wise decision. Yeah, go somewhere where you don't have to deal with that. Like New Hampshire recently allowed the ex-gender marker on IDs. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, I think, two years ago that they allowed that. What is that? Just to find an X? Non-binary. Or just neglecting to answer the question, I guess, would actually be what the X is. But it's generally used by non-binary people. So the state law says individuals can legally change their gender on a birth certificate only if they have undergone sexual uh, sex reassignment surgery. The lawsuit says that's unconstitutional and discriminatory. I don't know. It's probably unconstitutional and it's probably discriminatory, but I'm more concerned with just how stupid it is. Yeah, I I think people should just do whatever they want. Like, I don't really care if somebody wants to change the gender on their birth certificate. I think they have that right to do. Yeah, it's like, their birth certificate. Yeah, right? like, what does that affect me? What does that affect anybody in North Carolina? Like, just let them do it. Like, why do these people care so much that they're going to put through this legislation that doesn't allow them to do that. My take on this is that the birth certificate actually probably shouldn't be changeable if it's going to be, you know, some sort of permanent record. Maybe maybe not controlled by the state, but issued privately by hospitals or whatever. However, society wants to do that in a free way. The person's sex at at their birth was was still male or female, even if they underwent, you know, gender reassignment surgery or even if they transitioned and that it's like rewriting the past to change that and say, no, I was biologically a female. Then, yeah, but you weren't. And, you know, saying that's not true is like hiding from your past and hiding from who you are. I'm going to go as far to say that we shouldn't even have birth certificates. Oh, absolutely. And if we are, they should be like issued by private hospitals or something yeah. like that, not controlled by the government. I would think that it is mostly just because they want to get another thing changed, like they're... I, their driver's license or whatever, and they can't do that if they don't have some kind of proof. But yeah, it does seem uh, that's the thing that was kind of weird to me. I was like, wait, but wouldn't that say you were born like male or female? It's it might be just a case of some people are like, well, I was born female, whether you say so or not, and you know, whatever, not not my problem. Like they could, they should be able to change it if they want. Well, that's why they typically use the phrase sex assigned at birth and yeah. instead of any of this other stuff. But like here in New Hampshire, I have all the paperwork needed. I just have to actually make an appointment to go deal with DMV, the DMV. I don't need any changes to my birth certificate in order to have my ID list female as my gender. Hmm. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I've needed my birth certificate for anything. You know, like normally if you need like some sort of like legal ID, it's like you got a passport or getting like... married. Oh, do you? Well, I don't plan on getting legally married either, so I don't. I guess that doesn't that. affect me either. But I think the only times in my entire life I've ever needed my birth certificate or my social security card was when I was dealing with the DMV. 
Everywhere hmm. else, it's just like my ID. Yeah. So, I know the DMV now like requires three different IDs, four pieces of mail from you. At least this is how it was when I was in Massachusetts. But they asked for like seven different documents. And it's like, dude, I was rummaging through the recycling bin just trying to find mail with my name on it. And it's it's just they make it so difficult. There's a a commonality here in Keene where your first trip to the DMV is never to accomplish whatever goal you're trying to accomplish. It's to find out what paperwork you're missing to, to accomplish that goal. And I did this recently. I finally got a copy of my the original long-form birth certificate. I was like, great, finally going to get this taken care of. Oh, but I can't because it turns out the FBI took my Social Security card so now I have to go to the Social Security office here in That's King never going to happen. And get a new one. Just no, so you know. That's not going to happen. They're never going to give you a new one just because I'm, I'm not serious. Obviously, it will happen. But it took so long for them to get me one. And I had to get them so many different things. Here this in was in San Antonio, though. No, this is in San uh, Antonio. New Hampshire is different. Hmm. I mean, each state is different. Like in Mississippi, you can just do it online. Oh, my goodness. If I could get my sister to do it for me, she could do it for me. And I could have it next week. And I wouldn't have to go deal with the Social Security office. Why did they steal your Social Security card? Why did they steal my Nintendo Wii? I, I don't know why they took half the stuff that they took. I, I guess my social security card could have been used to open a bank account or something. I, I don't know. So dumb. A lot of I mean, they also took my car keys. They did thankfully return those. But and I don't know that they took my social security card. Maybe I just lost it in the cleanup process afterward when my house was a wreck. But I think they probably took it because it's an important document and they took quite a lot of those. There's more coming up. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to weigh in with whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And we have joined a number of new streaming services. Uh, Ian was working hard at that last night, uh, translating stuff out of Chinese. It was... It was all very entertaining, believe it or not. Uh, but really, if you want to watch us, we're going to disappear from these platforms probably sooner rather than later. YouTube has already banned us again, and we won't be streaming there, I think, until sometime in February. If you really want to watch the show, you should follow us on Odyssey. You can find it at video.freetalklive.com because there you don't have to worry on a day-to-day basis about whether or not Free Talk Live is actually going to be there. We're there every single day. And that's not going to change. We're not going to be censored. We're not going to be kicked off or any of that other nonsense. Video.freetalklive.com. If you actually want a reliable way to watch the videos, that's the way to do it. But let's go to the phones. We have Mark calling from, I put down somewhere over the rainbow. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. (laughs) Indeed. Um, This law they're talking about as far as uh, transgender folks um, having to not, uh, they don't get to uh, call themselves their gender officially until they've had a sex change operation, is just another way that governments use their power to separate us. Um, I mean, you know, like, first off, nobody care, like, nobody should care what you're hiding under your shirt, your skirt, right? Sure. Unless that person chooses to get up under the skirt and you choose to allow them to get on the skirt, right? Um, <laughs> right. That's so my take on is, it. 
perverted, okay, yeah. <laughs> is uh, what this is. And <clears throat> now, uh, you know, at the same time, I think there's some good arguments against uh, some of the things that are out there in the uh, the, the trans community. But Such I think as what? That I, I, I'll, I'll tell you just a second. Um, okay. But I think that, um, you know, like the, the fringes on both sides are trying to control the narrative when the vast majority of us in the middle sort of agree at this point. I'm not saying it was great 15 years ago or something like that. Um, there's certainly, you know, more discrimination back then than there is now. And we're moving towards a world where, you know, any, any old buddy can wear a skirt if they want to. But um, like, for instance, I think that the average person would say that, uh, you know, uh, biological men competing in uh, female sports, especially female contact sports like MMA or wrestling or something like that is probably, um, you know, that's just not the way to do it. I don't know that I agree with that uh, statement. I think I think it represents a sample bias among the media, as I've pointed out a couple of times in the past. No, no okay. media organization is writing a news story about a trans woman who entered women's boxing and lost 17 out of 17 matches. But if a trans woman goes in there and they win a match or they win a championship, yep. that makes headlines. But losing doesn't make headlines. So it just never gets talked about. But there are plenty of trans athletes competing in the gender of their choice. And they're, not, they're just not performing well. And they just don't get talked about. And- I'm sure that's true, and I don't know what the uh, statistics are, but I think that from a, the standpoint of just sort of what does Mr. and Mrs. America think regarding um, should uh, trans athletes be able to compete in the gender of their choice or whatever, you're probably going to hear them say, well, that doesn't sound fair at all. And this is one of the ways that I believe that the, the fringe controls the conversation. And here's what my solution for that is, if you'd like to hear it, is that we have a um, female, a biological 2X chromosome female, um, you know, category and an open category. That way, you know, anybody who wants can compete in the open category. You don't have to have um, a Y chromosome or whatever it has to be. But, um, you know, you, you just narrow it down and say, this group is for women and then the rest is for whomever else wishes to compete. And I think that would generally solve the problem. I get what you're saying, but, but people are never going to go for it because although it's valid, it's sexist. How's it sexist? <laughs> it's not even the name of sex. It's either female and meaning that, you know, this is the... Because it implies like, that know. women are incapable of competing with biological men and have to be segregated off into their own category of competition. And while that's generally true it's not a battle i want to fight mark i'm sure i could beat a lot of biological men at like basketball or like hockey or something you know i have no doubt i know you could beat me i mean plenty (laughs) plenty could but on average men are more physically capable than women and the the strongest man is going to be stronger than the strongest woman well yeah when you take into like taking hormones into consideration like right. testosterone, testosterone. Is a performance enhancing drug yeah well, and muscle mass my thought is just mark if you ran a sports complex or something you could run it that way and the people who decided to join your sports complex or whatever and play would have to agree to do it that way and just somebody else can make their own sports complex doing it however other way they want to do it i just don't see why it has to be a issue we all need to figure out like the government needs to tell us how to do it like people can just arrange themselves voluntarily and that's where the problem comes into place when we're going to have like the government control like what 
you know, schools do and what private institutions do with their sporting events. Like, that's where the problem comes into play. It's, it should be a case-by-case basis, I think. I don't think there's, like, one well, right answer. Advocate. You'll note that I did not say, <laughs> the government should oh, yeah, obviously. tell everybody what to do. I know, but I'm it's just, just like... Uh, providing a solution that I think that would work um, in this circumstance. I will say this. The government does tell us who's going to compete in a given um, scenario when it comes to high school and yeah. basically college sports. So yeah, these but they are shouldn't areas be doing where... That. They shouldn't be. Well, well and that's why I kind of brought, brought it up. But they, they certainly are taxing me. And they certainly are doing it. So um, in that circumstance, then my opinion then becomes valid in the government sports arena in that particular area. Um, so I don't think that. the government Second cares about your say, opinion, even if you do pay taxes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know they don't care, but they have to listen on Free Talk Live. Um, second thing that I would say is, is that people tend to get real uh, emotional about kids. So when the... Um, you know, the, the seven-year-old begins transitioning or whatever goes on here, you know, um, there's lots of people that immediately begin saying, hey, whoa, uh, what a kid likes at seven, they're not going to like later, and they're going to change their mind, and, you know, all these sorts of things. I don't have a particular opinion. Thank goodness this isn't an issue. I have a difficult time getting my son to comb his hair, let alone, um, you know, wear anything else um, as far as, you know, clothing goes. The... Um, it's, uh, the, the difficulty that you're going to see is, is that when somebody supports, and I know you do, Aria, and I'd like to give you the opportunity to say why you support um, young people being able to transition. Okay, you, you want me to answer that right now? Yeah. Well, because the individual is always best suited to determine how their life is going to go. Sure, they, make a, they may make a mistake, right? Uh, if they're 12 years old and they go, I want to transition into female or male or whatever, they may ultimately regret that decision. But it's not like time is just going to stop, right? And they're just going to suddenly become an adult and they can choose male or female and the consequences are going to be unchanged, right? They're going to go through puberty one way or the other. They're either going to regret going through it as their birth sex or they're going to regret transitioning and going through it. Or they're going to be happy about going through it as their birth sex or happy about transitioning and going through it as, an, as their chosen sex. There's a possibility of regret on both sides. I err on the side of caution and say just... Let the person do what's going to make them happy, and they may regret it. Stick with us, Mark. There's more coming up, and you're invited to join us at 603-283-6160. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. America, Monster Hunter, Bloodlines, by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie, and we're actually being joined by Mark, who is somewhere over the rainbow. I often lose track of exactly where Mark is and what he's doing. So, Mark, we're talking about the 
the trans thing because there's so much in the issue that is almost impossible to unpack. And it's not made any better by bad faith actors on both sides of the issue who don't want a dialogue. They want obedience to their worldview. I'm and, with you on that. 100 percent. Yeah. Um, you alluded you know, to that. And it, I'm, go ahead. Yeah, I'm willing to talk about certain areas. I mean, there's a couple of aspects to the trans agenda that bug me, and I pointed them out, which is, is uh, you know, bio, formerly male athletes competing against, uh, you know, currently female athletes and um, young people. And I'm talking about, you know, there's, there's news stories out there of six-year-olds uh, being trans and these sorts of things. And I'm not claiming that, you know, trans doesn't exist. I mean, it's interesting how Dave Chappelle basically outlined what gender dysphoria is on stage and then as a comedian called it funny because there's lots of funny things and then he gets called uh, transphobic. You're um, referring to and- his previous Netflix special where he said, you know, uh, something to the effect of, you know, men can be trapped in a woman's body. If you think about it, that's funny. And you know, he he's sure right. Is. That that is a funny example of nature. Cats can be born with six toes. Um, a male brain can be formed in a female body, and vice versa. Nature is not perfect, and I think that's one of the reasons that we see so much resistance from this idea among the Christian right. It's because they have it in their head that God does not make mistakes, and no matter how you slice it, a male being born in a female's body or a female being born in a male's body is a mistake. That's not nature operating as nature is supposed to operate. That's a cat being born with six toes. And I think that um, the easiest thing to do is point out, uh, I know we're not supposed to use this term anymore, hermaphroditic, um, you know, uh, examples in the species and say, look, you know, there's people born with two X chromosomes and one Y. There's people who are born, um, you know, with both genital forms. Um, You know, there's a variety of things out there. If this can happen, Physically, um, then it can happen presumably mentally. Now, I don't, and like Dave Chappelle, I think it's a really great uh, point that he makes. Uh, in fact, I made it uh, on the air um, prior, probably prior that he did, is that if somebody cuts, cuts off their junk, they're committed, whether I agree with them or not. And I'm all for it if you're committed. So, you know, by all means. But there's a few aspects to this that get a little... Uh, you know, but that isn't where you draw the line and, on whether or not someone is committed to this, right? No, um, I think that uh, it's perverse to uh, care what's going on um, inside sure. someone's trousers. That's um, I, you know, that's something I wanted to point out that you said, Mark. I agree that it's it's weird how the right mostly has all these thoughts that to me seem perverse, like. Whenever I hear a girl saying like something about like, oh, my parents were so mad when they found out I lost my virginity or something like that. I'm like, that's creepy. That's creepy of your parents to think about my I feel like like my dad would just be like, doesn't happen in my brain. He just doesn't think about anything like that for parents to be like, you know, the right wing parents that are all controlling and like my my kid can't lose their virginity. You're like perverted thinking about it. You know what I mean? I agree that it's perverted to care so much about other people's genitalia. And I also agree that commitment is the important deciding factor. If someone is committed to, you know, having a gender identity that is other than their birth sex, that will show in their behavior and in their appearance and in their mannerisms. And it's usually pretty obvious. If they're not committed, 
if they want to walk around with the five o'clock shadow, I'm not going to call them she. I'm just not going to do it because they're not committed to it and I'm not going to do the work for them. Well, there are some biological females that do, you know, have hormone imbalances or different disorders or whatever that they do grow facial hair. My great aunt had a mustache. It absolutely does happen. But when we're talking about a trans person, we're not talking about a genetic female who is happen to be growing facial hair. We're talking about a transitioning person from male to female who can't be bothered to actually transition and they say but it'll help my gender dysphoria if you use my pronouns of choice no what will help your gender dysphoria is to go home and shave the beard that will help you far more than any words that i could choose to use for you and the thing that confuses me the most is when you're introduced to somebody as female like oh she will help you but they literally still have a male name like you're going by josh and want me to call you she i can't understand that it's going to confuse me excellent point as well yeah i think that's an interesting uh point i'd forgotten about that one but i do have that same um you know issue is is that look if you're wearing pants you shave your head you got a beard and you want me to call you um some you know, pronoun besides he, then I don't know what exactly to do here. It's going to take me a little while to get to get my whole head wrapped around this, if you'll pardon me. Um, yeah, and, and it's I not that, that you're unwilling you know, people, to. It's just that, you know, it's confusing. It's confusing. It's going to take time to understand. In my case, I'm unwilling to because I think yeah. that, you know, I put in the work. They should have to put in it, the work as well. Well, um, look, what I like to do is I like to use you as an example when I talk about this stuff. Oh, good. Is, um, yeah, <laughs> you uh, bring value to me and in so much as you're you know, the you know, junior partner on Free Talk Live. You do lots of work for Free Talk Live. You do a really good job. You're, you're able to take a good ribbing about your uh, you know, um, situation, uh, your transgender situation, and all that good stuff. You bring value to me. So I'm willing um, very easily with much, much facility to uh, say, you know, whatever pronouns you want, so long as um, value is brought to my life. However, when somebody comes forward and they're robbing me of value, like the first thing they want to do is they want their, my, they want their pronoun to come out of my mouth. Well, you know, what have you brought to me? You know, this is a, um, everything's a, you know, social economic transaction. So, you know, what do I get out of this besides some angry blue haired a-hole, um, you know, calling me a bad guy and nobody wants to be wrong. We, we humans spend all of our time being, trying to be right or at the very least not be wrong. And, um, confusion is not a state that we like. So when somebody tries to control a social situation through confusion and, um, you know, distraction about their, uh, their, their pronouns, you know what kind of de- person you're dealing with. You're de- dealing with somebody who is A, a jerk, and B, doesn't know how to debate. Sure. Mark, so are you only nice to me because I bring you value? I think that everything's a transaction, and I know that uh, people don't like it when I say these things, but the fact is, yes, it's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm nice because I thought you were going to take the you, diplomatic you, approach and just use that as your answer, but no, you went all in. Kudos, Mark. <laughs> No, it's true. I mean, like you, you're all bringing me value and, um, you know, like Bonnie's taking care of my business partner when I can't even speak to him. Um, and that's a uh, very mercantile way of viewing the world. Well, try it on mercenary way. See if it isn't true. No, I know it's true. I just don't like thinking of it as true. And I wouldn't put it in such 
stark terms as, I only like you because you bring me value. <laughs> well, uh, you know, like this is my job on Free Talk Live, among other things, is to state the things that people do not wish to state. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I don't care if I get canceled on Twitter. In fact, please, my Twitter handle is one meg one Go ahead and cancel me, whatever that means. Um, you know, Just don't I mean, get rid of Mark Edge Googling on Twitter. No, God, that guy's glorious. Or that person. I don't know. I shouldn't be guessing their pronoun. But I'll, I'd be willing to put money down that it's male. <laughs> I would tend to agree. So, Mark, uh, you wanted to talk about the Free State Project. Do you want to hang around with us one more segment and discuss that? Yeah, please. Because I know you didn't just call in to talk about the trans thing. And you've always got something to say about the Free State Project and what it's doing, what it's up to. I love the Free State Project, and I think it's proving to be very successful, and we're seeing a lot of really positive things coming out of it. I mean, last week we went over a lot of the liberty-leaning bills that were proposed this year. It's exciting stuff happening, plus the secession amendment, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to join us. It's Free Talk Live. If you'd like to do that, that's 603-283-6160. Now, as we talk about, as we talked about, you should subscribe to us at video.freetalklive.com. And there's more reason for you to do that than ever. If you subscribe to us there, that's our Odyssey channel at video.freetalklive.com. Take a screenshot of that. Then join our social media server, which is just social.freetalklive.com. That'll show you the steps it takes in order to actually sign up and do all of that great stuff. Send me that screenshot on that social media server, and that will enter you into our giveaway. We're giving away a BitBox. It is a 100% open source hardware cryptocurrency wallet, and it mitigates a lot of the problems that other wallets sometimes have. I mean, if you don't know who's actually programming your hardware wallet, it might not actually be secure. If it's open source, you don't have to deal with that. That's why we're giving one of these away on an upcoming episode of Free Your Talk Live. But if you don't want to risk your chances in a giveaway, go to box.freetalklive.com. Use code FTL for a 5% discount. That's box.freetalklive.com. We are still on the phone with Mark, who is calling from somewhere. And he initially said he wanted to talk about the trans issue, and that was great. But I know that's not really what Mark wanted to talk about. Mark, you're back with us here on the show. Right. I want to talk about the Free State Project. And you, and that's a, a project to move 20,000 liberty-loving individuals to the state of New Hampshire. And uh, when I called in, I think it was about a week ago, um, you characterized my uh, statement as tearing down the Free State Project in order to build up my project. As Dave um, Chappelle would say, I, you were punching down, Mark. Well... I, the Free State Project is the most successful liberty movement in, on the planet, certainly, uh, p- perhaps the history of the world, if you de- de- decide how you're going to uh, define that. Um, so, no, I am not punching down. I'd be punching up. <laughs> but uh, the point that I would like to make on that is, is that um, I don't want to look like I'm tearing down the Free State Project, because that's not a good look. But... I will admit a certain level of embitterment towards uh, the Free State Project, 
And um, I just want to talk about my transition from uh, being uh, an acolyte. I mean, you know, I've, it's been, I've been on the air for 20 years on Free Talk Live almost. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have uh, been, I've gone so far as to say things like, you're not a real libertarian if you're not willing to pick up and move to New Hampshire. Yeah, for whatever and, reason, oh, when I was working on something for the for the streaming stuff that we do, I ended up finding a clip of you talking about reasons why people should move to the Free State Project or move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. It was really, really great. I'm curious if you watched that today, if you would still stand by it. Well, um, I'd be curious too. Um, you know, I mean, let's do a let's do a reaction video. That'll be fun. That would be fun. Um, let's do that, Mark. You got to come back to New idea. Hampshire. Indeed. We can do it. Well, we can do it on Jitsi, and I don't want to go to New Hampshire. They arrest libertarians there. Screw <laughs> New Hampshire. Um, so, <laughs> you know, Free State Project, my butt. The uh, FBI has gone into the Free Talk Live studios two times now, and what has the Free State Project or any of the, uh, you know, the, the people, the signers have been able to do? And the answer is nothing. Well, they can't do hold anything. On. They did take a $10,000 donation from someone affiliated with Free Talk Live, and they did call their pavilion at the Porcupine Freedom Festival the Crypto 6 Pavilion in return for that $10,000 donation. But as far as actually doing wow, anything... a agog with that kind of generosity. Uh, uh, right? <laughs> they also never... It's amazing, isn't it? But beyond that, no, the Free State Project, as far as I'm aware, has not, not done anything regarding the crypto six they have never came out and made their own statement at least the libertarian party of new hampshire did come out and make a statement saying we are against this happening in our state where we you know don't like that this happened you know whatever right. at least somebody could so, do well the free state I'd project like to... incorporated has not done anything i mean plenty of free staters have voiced their opinions on the subject but Free State Project Incorporated, yeah, State it has Project. a certain look that it wants to maintain. It doesn't want to appear to be resisting the state apparatus because it's pretty much wholesale part of the state apparatus at this point. That's why it incorporated. The Free State Project is to the great New Hampshire liberty migration what politicians are to the flag. They'll whoop, whoop, throw it up whenever the you know anything bad comes around. and whoop, So they're going to bring it down and start giving orders when uh, everything's fine. Um, you know, I... I, you know, I don't have much nice to say about all of that stuff. However, I'd like to make a statement. Um, I'd like to repeat a statement that was made to me. So this was some years ago. Tom Woods was visiting New Hampshire, and he dropped off on Thanksgiving and did a, an episode of Free Talk Live with us. It was really great. And um, for those that don't know, it's the Tom Woods Show. Uh, look him up. I'm sure Google will get you right to his website. He's one of the great Liberty broadcasters out there. And he asked a question that I was unable to answer. And I'm going to ask that question here. He asked me, you know, when I was talking about, you know, why wouldn't you move to New Hampshire? Isn't this great? Because, you know, there's a um, stark lack of the uh, libertarian, what we call celebritarians in the Free State Project and movers to New Hampshire. I asked him, why, why, oh, why haven't you moved or something to that effect? And he said, well, why would I move? What do I get out of moving? What's the benefit to me? And I think that we, um, you know, who have moved for the Free State Project, fall into the group trap, as Harry Brown would call it. We um, collectivize and say, hey, we're all going to work together to do this. This is an individualist movement for good reason. We're very bad at working together. Um, we're, you know, <laughs> we're individualists, and I think we need something different than that. 
But I guess I would ask the question right now, with New Hampshire falling to the 24th, 26th freest state in the union uh, with its COVID rules and these sorts of things, why would Where are you I getting that data? Because Bonnie has a story tonight about New Hampshire being second, I think. In no, e- first in economics. First in economic freedom. Sure. Um, I, I'll ask that. Uh, so now we're going to take some old data from pro- prior to COVID and look at that. But that's great. No, this is the thing. latest. This is the latest ranking. So it includes COVID. It's the, okay. Latest, Presumably. Um, I can tell you that if you look at the COVID rankings uh, back then, that was, you know, New Hampshire with its lockdowns and its mask mandates and all these things were was considered to be somewhere in the mid 20s. I'm not going to get quoted an exact number because I don't know. I never wore but, a mask um, once in New Hampshire. I just think that it's less about how free it is right now and how free it could be in the future. If everybody moves together, then you have a chance. If we are all scattered, we have no chance. Yeah, perfect is the enemy (laughs) of the good, Mark. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We're parroting the lines. (laughs) These are not the lines. You are not going to be free in the United States at all. That's why you got to secede. I'm free right now. You're not going to secede, Bonnie. We, um, we don't sorry, know how that's going to shake out. I, you're not going to secede, but um, you know, if you do secede, it's going to cause a great deal of disruption. That's and the plan. Are, Perfect. Anybody who's listening to me right now can secede tomorrow because um, airlines fly out of the United States every single day. You don't have to deal with this stuff. Yeah, There's you do. No you have to deal to with it somewhere Hampton. else. Do you see why I accuse you of knocking the Free State Project to instead support what you're trying to do, Mark? Because you, ju- you pretty much just did the exact Yeah, there's that. the plug. <laughs> there's either a good idea or a bad idea, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Note, no one's answered my question, which is, how do I benefit by living in New Hampshire? You as in Mark? Able to do my... Sure. Well, you get to be on Free Talk Live. Great. Let's put that to the side because, um, you know, there's very I can be on Free Talk Live without being in New Hampshire, but um, there are very few people that can claim that as a reason. Well, if we're answering the question about you, that's one of the reasons. I mean, you asked the question, you oh. wanted an answer. It's because you can be here right. in a studio doing Free Talk Live. Because if you were doing like activism or you said out on the show, you said uh, the FBI is... Uh, peddling child porn and people were coming after you, you would have people who would be on your side instead of just only the, you, just Mark in, yeah. in Florida who were libertarians. The, the FBI did child, um, peddle child porn. I know, I know. And they did come after me and no one could do anything to fix the problem. It's now more than five years later, I'm trying to get um, you know our electronics equipment and an apology from the FBI and they're um, still just pretending like, well, you know, you're going to have to prove there's not child porn on a computer. How do I prove there's not child porn on a computer that you have? It's, it's obviously ridiculous. Well, you wouldn't have and, people coming um, to your house to film. You wouldn't have people doing the things they can do. Obviously, unless a group of libertarians move to one state and votes to secede, then we can't do anything about the FBI. All we can do is get them out of our state. And I, don't, I just don't really see how... What can we do? Move to where they don't have jurisdiction and then there's no malls and there's no access for me to get the stuff i put in my hair yeah i've got to say i i want to be part of the first world and all the benefits that come with that thank you so much for the call tonight mark 603-283-6160 if you want to join us it's free talk live is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy 
My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. Have to issue a small correction. Evidently, the Free State Project has said something about the Crypto 6. They did issue a tweet a few days ago sharing the video that Ledger made uh, doing their series called Down the Rabbit Hole. I don't have a link to that readily available. I'm sure it's probably over on FreeKeen if you want to check that out. It, it was a really, really good video, and I enjoyed watching it when I was actually finally able to. Very well done, very, very fair, very, just very well done videos. And the Free State Project did tweet about that, evidently. Um there's other stuff to talk about, other stuff coming up, uh, like uh, single men not wanting sex these days. But before we get into all of that, we have Dave calling from New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, folks. I have a um, an update uh, on uh, the uh, liberty developments in New Hampshire uh, in this place where liberty is not happening, the latest liberty thing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about it. So... Uh, <clears throat> It's not precisely a liberty thing. I, I, I wouldn't have voted for it, but it does have liberty elements to it. And so I guess today, or I guess well, actually it would have been yesterday, uh, a uh, House committee voted in favor of an amendment to ban vaccine mandates. Awesome. I thought they had already now, banned vaccine mandates. Well, I think this extends the ban, and and there's also an, there's an unfortunate element to it. It's going to extend uh, the ban to be... private businesses, isn't it? The, yeah, that's part of what they're doing, and that's see, the that's what I can't. Yeah, I can't get on board with that. I I am all for you know being against the vaccine if that's what people want to be, but I oppose the mask mandates because I oppose mandates. I oppose businesses and individuals being told what they can and can't do by the state. Even when the state is trying to do something that I support, like not requiring people to get vaccinated, it's still a mandate and I still oppose it. I'm kind of sad to yeah, hear this I think, happened. I think even this flawed amendment, though, had some elements to it that did did push liberty forward. So I, I wouldn't have voted for it. Uh, and uh, I would have preferred that Reopen and H had not supported it. But uh, that that's just what has happened today in this place where nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the positive? Yeah, that doesn't oh, I, sound I, I, good sorry, for liberty. That, that sounds destructive 
of the rights of business owners to make determinations about their employees? Well, it's, they're, ban- they're banning any entity from doing it, so it's also banning the government. So that's the good part. Well, the government in New Hampshire is already prohibited from doing it. That's why these schools mm, here okay. in Keene aren't able to require their students to be vaccinated. Like Keene State College, they wanted to require students to be vaccinated, but they discovered that they couldn't because they're technically a state organization. And in New Hampshire, state organizations or elements of the state, I forget the exact wording, aren't allowed to mandate the vaccine. Well, and it's also hard to kind of differentiate sometimes between businesses and the government when you take into example hospitals. They get most of their funding from the government. So how are we going to say that this is not a government organization, basically? I would say that the hospitals in New Hampshire are absolutely governmental organizations. So how is this a good thing for Liberty, Dave? Well, there was. Well, I was thinking it was good because of the the ban on all the all the government entities. But you're saying that that was already in place. Yeah, that that went in place uh, probably six to seven months ago, I believe. So I think it was in okay. July. Honestly, I might be the odd man out here. I think it's a good thing that companies can't do vaccine mandates. Well, just think of it if it was a mask man mandate where all businesses couldn't uh, enforce the mask. Uh, rule in their business i would be totally against that because who am i to go into somebody's business and say nope i'm not going to wear a mask and just say it's a small business absolutely no government funding or anything and nope i'm not going to wear a mask and you can't kick me out if that's what you believe that that to me is ridiculous i also believe the same thing is true if you want to go apply at a private business and they say well because that it's what we believe we want everyone to have the vaccine who am I to say, no, I'm, I don't have a vaccine and you're going to hire me? Like, who's going to enforce that? The government? I don't like that. That whole idea. Yeah, I agree with Bonnie. But I think you're right. I think that that was already in place for the government. And the thing that they just added on was the private businesses. It, that's what I understood from just like briefly reading what people were saying about it. I didn't read any actual articles or anything in um, our keen chat on telegram i said i don't know if i'm for them uh not letting private businesses mandate the vax and somebody i don't know who tagged me and said what if that private business owned everything and melanie our co-host our co-host melanie tagged them and said how in all caps (laughs) yeah i saw that dave thank you so much for the call tonight i i haven't heard anything about this mandate i i dislike it when libertarians go to such do you do either of you remember the call we had several weeks ago it's like what if i bought all of the borderland around new hampshire and just these insanely impossible hypotheticals and seriously expecting someone to address it like this yeah what if the what if the private business controlled everything how would that (laughs) ever happen in a free market society it couldn't there's a reason there's a Pepsi and a Coke. No matter how big Coke is, Pepsi will always exist. I don't necessarily think this is a free market society, though. It's not. But if it were a free market society, even even with the state, though, we're still, other than the state, which does ultimately own everything, you're never going to reach a point where a private business owns everything. Well, and that's kind of my point with why I don't care that private companies aren't allowed to mandate the vaccine because it's kind of getting to the point where it's like Google, Facebook, and like a handful of other corporations are almost controlling everything. 
And like like I mentioned, like the hospitals are all state funded and federal funded, like a lot of other things. A lot of the jobs in New Hampshire are state or federal funded, even if they're technically a private company. So I just don't think it's a good thing that I don't know. I'm thinking more like, you know, your locally owned places like like Elm Street Market or over here or something like that being told that, hey, no, even if you own this business. You can't tell your employees they have to be vaccinated. Well, then he then he can fire those yeah. employees. You know, well, I, I understand for hospitals and stuff like that where there's this huge gray area about whether or not they're actually part of government. Okay, good. I, I don't see why hospitals were excluded from the initial thing that said government organizations can't mandate vaccines. But private businesses, hmm. you know, just as they should be able to determine whether or not they want their customers and their employees to wear masks... They should also be able to determine whether or not they want their customers and their employees to be vaccinated. So I guess maybe I'll make the distinction here. If these private... So this is what I would believe. If these private companies are accepting any money from the state or the federal government, then now they're not real... I mean, I guess they still are private companies, but I think they shouldn't be allowed to mandate the vaccine or masks or whatever. I think that would be like kind of where I draw the line in the stand. Like if it's just like a random mom and pop shop and they want to mandate vaccines, then that's cool. But like if you're taking state money, you're a state organization now, basically like not 100%, but that's really confusing that they didn't do that to hospitals. If they did it to like Keene state, I I hadn't thought about that yet. Why, why were hospitals allowed to mandate the vax? They get 80 percent of their funding from the state 80 percent of their funding from the state yeah i was never clear on why hospitals were able to do it when like mm. Keene state college and the public schools here in Keene yeah. can't do it mm. but that's how i know this actually did happen and i'm not misremembering things because Keene state college did want to impose a vaccine mandate and you know they would if oh, they could oh, of course well, they wanted to yeah but they couldn't because new hampshire had made it illegal for governmental organizations to do it and they realized that they were, you know, a governmental organization. Uh, we actually have Ian calling in on the SIP line. You can find out about it at sip.freetalklive.com. Ian, what's on your mind? Hey, um, I was listening to the call earlier um, regarding what Tom Woods had said about, like, why. I think the question was something like, well, why should I move to New Hampshire? And I think everybody's, uh, you know, answer to that question might be different. I'd like to hear from the host uh, what y'all's answer Sure. We'll get into that when we get back. Do you want to stick around and share your answer? Yeah, I'll stay on for a moment, too. Awesome. That's coming up. Why would I move to New Hampshire? Why did I move to What do I gain from being in New Hampshire? 603-283-6160. If you want to join us, it's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever's important to you. That's 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And this is a weird episode, right? It's always kind of a weird episode when Mark calls in, but now we have Ian calling in, and I have to say... My favorite thing about this is how Mark and Ian are still managing to have a disagreement with each other on national radio, despite not being able to even communicate. It's it's amazing. So, Ian, you asked us uh, before we went to the break, 
to answer Mark's question, Mark asked us, he was quoting Tom was saying, what do I, what benefit is there for me to move to New Hampshire? Why should I move to New Hampshire? And you tasked us with answering that question ourselves. And presumably you should start. What, what, what is your answer to that question? Well, I mean, I think that's what Mark was, was looking for, but maybe I'm wrong about that because I mean, obviously he's jaded. And so nothing that uh, anyone says is going to convince him otherwise. But, you know, there's a uh, 101 reasons that I moved to New Hampshire. There's a really great documentary uh, that was made that covers this. Actually, today happens to be the seventh anniversary of the release of that documentary. Wow. And if uh, listeners haven't seen it yet, they should check out 101reasonsfilm.com. It actually has it a clip from Mark hour. in there, if I remember correctly. Oh, the irony. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it's about an hour long. But, you know, besides all the great political successes and the amazing civil disobedience, really the one of the key reasons to move up here is is the community, is the uh, the large number, the unbeatable number of freedom-loving people that are together in the same place. And if he doesn't think, uh, you know, if, he, if people are so cynical as to believe that there's not strength in numbers or that it won't matter that thousands of freedom-loving people are concentrating together, then people like that are just willfully ignorant and they just don't want to leave where they are or they're completely antisocial. It's absolutely an incredible benefit to be around people that actually understand the ideas of freedom. It's un unspeakable to some extent. I absolutely agree. I don't generally form my social circle around people's political beliefs. And in that way, I've sort of got two social circles. But when it comes to things that matter, like when the FBI kicks in my door at six o'clock in the morning, the libertarians were there with video cameras doing anything they could. Obviously, there wasn't a whole lot they could actually do, but they did everything they could do. And they weren't just doing that at my place. They were doing that here at the studio at your house as well. And that's a powerful thing. If I had been rated as, you know, the head of the Tate County Libertarian Party or whatever in Mississippi, there wouldn't have been anyone at my house. If some libertarian in New Mexico gets their house raided by the FBI, there are no protesters there. There's no one recording it. There's no one trying to hold the FBI accountable or trying to reason with them. Yeah, that's when you find out who your real friends are and who are the ride or die people that have really got your back. I mean, we had people here in like minutes. And Mark asked, what could what could they do about it? They couldn't do anything about the FBI coming. They they could do as much as somebody could do, which is to document it, to tell them, hey, you guys are wrong. To fix windows. I mean, we had people here fixing windows oh, yeah, and... You know, somebody helped Bonnie get a phone. I mean, we had people, you know, doing stuff like that. And even the community aspect, like Ian was saying, of just having people around you when you go through a traumatic experience like that, that are there to comfort you and just to give you company and to, you know, make you feel heard and seen. But I mean, even aside from that, uh, there's a Liberty meetup every six days here in Keene. Yeah. If you want to go several. out and hang out with libertarians, well, the, the crypto meetup is every six days. Yeah then that community is there. You automatically have a social circle that you can be part of here in New Hampshire as a libertarian in just about any part of the state. And that's a powerful thing. You don't have to worry about not knowing people because you're going to find people that you know you will get along with simply by having that common ground of being a liberty lover. So that's definitely a powerful thing, not to mention the rise of cryptocurrency in New Hampshire. It's 
widely accepted. The New Hampshire Goldback is accepted in some places. There are a lot of good reasons for a libertarian to move to New Hampshire. For me, uh, I like doing radio. I like the activism that I can do and actually have a meaningful impact here in New Hampshire. I did political stuff when I lived in Mississippi. Never had anything even be remotely successful. Second time running, no, it was my third time running for office here in New Hampshire. Ended up going international with the news coverage. And that's not because of me. It's because there's so much liberty activism here. I was just a small part of that. I was just the one that got the headlines, right? But there's so much of that happening that here the media can't even cover all of it. So there's all sorts of reasons for people to move to New Hampshire. If you want to actually be free or take steps to be free, as far as I can tell, New Hampshire is the only game in town. And Ian, earlier you sent us, uh, you sent me that tweet that the Free State Project put out about the the Crypto Six thing. I did want to bring up that Jeremy Kaufman, who is part of Free State Project Inc., is always dr- talking about uh, the Crypto Six. He just mentioned it kind of casually on Tim Pool's cast one time. He said uh, just something about it when he wasn't even prompted. And recently. Jeremy Kaufman was talking about how when he lived in, I think he's from like Pennsylvania, like whatever the big city is there, I forget its name. Uh, He said he felt like he was just kind of, he had this stress that he didn't even know he had until he moved to New Hampshire. And I related 100% to this. He said that he just felt like at all times he was filtering himself. Like somebody brings up whatever the, the political conversation of the day is. And you just you you don't want to like lie like, oh, yeah, I'm totally a socialist, too. But you just have to like filter yourself so you don't say something that opens a bag of worms and is just going to be an annoying conversation to have. And it's just like having to filter who you really are every day. And then so when I lived in San Antonio, 100 percent, that's what I was doing. It's not like I was lying to my friends. It's just like they didn't even care. One time I started talking to one of my friends about uh, being a libertarian and he texted me back I literally thought you said librarian anyways um, whenever I moved to New Hampshire I felt like it was just like it was just like a whole new me kind of like just not having to hold back or anything it's not like I constantly even talk about political things it's just like I know that if some conversation is going on and my opinion of it like I speak my opinion about it. I don't have to be be afraid. People are going to be like, are you literally a Nazi when that's not even close to like what my view is. It's just what they're trained from public schools to think of anybody with that, with a, you know, a different viewpoint. I relate to that as well. It's like, you're able to be your most authentic self. Like you don't have to, you know, like you said, like kind of like censor and filter what you're saying. I mean, there's. I, I can think that. of like thousands of reasons why I'm so much happier in New Hampshire. Like all of my friends are here. The same things that you guys were kind of saying as well. Even like in Massachusetts, if I were to want a firearm, for example, I would need to get my LTC. I would need to have that registered. And it's like you have to jump through so many hoops. In New Hampshire, you don't have to do that. So there's just little things like that that just make life and being able to protect yourself so much easier. New Hampshire is certainly Thanks, awesome. Lady. Yeah, thank you, Ian. And I would recommend everyone get up here. If any of these things sound appealing to you, New Hampshire is the place to be. But don't get confused. Mark is right. The, the war for liberty hasn't been won, but so many battles have been that it's hard to keep track of all of them. 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
when a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson from BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us. Talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. It's the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. I think, not being able to actually check the prices of Bitcoin each day, I think Bitcoin is still on sale. So it's a really great time to learn about it and to acquire some for yourself. Just click getting started, stop at the page, take a few minutes out of your day to watch a number of, to watch just a single short video that will teach you the basics about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And if you already know about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin.com still has something for you at news.bitcoin.com where you can stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you. All on a sleek, easy to use modern website. That's Bitcoin.com. Let's go to the phones. We have Epicurus calling from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it short. Uh, I just want to let everyone know that um, New Hampshire, uh, specifically the Free State Project, and I think they're, these guys were kind of talking about the liberty movement in general in New Hampshire, got a lot of press yesterday. Um, Tim Poole, who you guys already mentioned, he just had a podcast yesterday, episode 409, that what they're saying, I think it had over 150,000 viewers live watching it. Didn't it had, he have um, on like Alex Jones and Joe Rogan and stuff yesterday? Alex Jones, Joe Rogan, uh, for, for Joe Rogan was there for about half of it. Um, Michael Malice, who's a big anarchist um, writer. Um, yeah, but Luke he moved Kodowski. out of New Hampshire, as I understand it. I didn't know Michael Malice ever lived in New Hampshire. He was a New York guy. Yeah, he um, lived in New York, okay. and now he lives in... Austin. He lives in Austin, Texas. Like, I can't imagine. Uh, Luke Kudowski from We Are Change. He's got a got a bit of a connection up here in New Hampshire now. And they spent with all these viewers watching it. um, They spent about twenty minutes or so talking about the Free State Project in New Hampshire. Awesome. I I've never watched Tim Pool. I I only know about him because he mentioned me a few times when I was running for sheriff and one or once or twice since. And I've never been particularly interested in watching his show, but when I learned last night that he had on um, Joe Rogan and Alex Jones, I was like, man, that sounds really entertaining, though. How do you even get both of these people in the same room at the same time? I kind of want to watch that. So it's, it, it was good. It was. Um, it I mean, was how could it loud, not be? They, they had a lot of people. Um, so they're still trying to figure out the audio sort of situation. There's a lot of, especially Alex Jones, there's a lot of people talking over each other. So they're trying to. But after about the first 30 minutes or so, that's that settled down. Um, it, it was pretty good. It, you know, it, it's some of these things tend to be better with individual people. You get more, more in-depth conversations. But um, overall, it was good. I, I just wanted to mention because a lot of these people on, on here, a lot of these podcasters, which are kind of, I don't know they call them, the intellectual dark web or whatever, more and more of them are going full-on full anarchist. They're, they're, they're full-on talking about how they, uh, the media is complete lying to everyone. Um, 
a lot of them, more and more of them are, are, are going the pro two a, um, they want minimal, minimal or no government. And I, it's, it's, it's pretty encouraging to hear these very famous people talking about New Hampshire and talking about uh, anarchy and in favor of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I wish I'd seen, I didn't see when we heard about last night, no one even mentioned that Luke Radowski was on it. It's like, I know him. Why? Why? I know. I only knew because I saw him post on Facebook no. about it. <laughs> like we're, we were discussing this last night during the breaks on Free Talk Live, and it's like Conan was the one who brought it to our attention. I think I was like, now that I hear that, I'm like, Conan, why wouldn't you lead with that? This is a person we all know and support. That that's the one you lead with, not Alex Jones, who almost all of us agree is a bit of a kook. Joe Rogan, not so much. Joe Rogan seems to be pretty cool, but. Alex Jones is not the number one name I would listen to in that particular podcast. He's entertaining. He's extremely entertaining, but he's crazy. So you got to take everything he says with uh, as probably being false. He has been right about quite a few things, though. The frogs are gay. Uh, They might be. The frogs weren't gay, but the fish are trans. <laughs> As a result of women flushing birth control oh. into, down into the, it, it enters the rivers and oh, so and stuff they like have that. the female hormones. Yes, I it, didn't hear about this. It, but it real, makes sense. It's a real thing, and it's actually happened. The fish are becoming trans as a result of hormones being dumped into the rivers. I don't know how that. I don't think that's making frogs gay though, but <laughs> maybe it's making them trans as well. So I'm glad to hear about that coverage, Epicurus. Uh, was there anything else about it that you wanted to share? Uh, just that, um, old Alex Jones, he's because a lot of these guys, he's learned to, to tone it down a bit and be a bit more reasonable in his presentation of things. And they always, they always fact check everything he says. And a lot of the time he is right. He's just, he's just, uh, overemphasizing a lot of things. Yeah. It's the um, delivery. They brought up the free state project in that, right? I didn't listen to any part of it. Um, do you, do you remember any exact things they said about the free state project? Um, it went on for was it was it about twenty uh, twenty minutes or so. Wow. Um, I don't remember the particular details. To be honest, they, uh, what I what I remember in particular is like a lot of people they kind of they're conflating the Free State Project in particular, the organization, with the Liberty Movement here. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of making some generalizations a little bit. Sure. Um, they're kind of making some assumptions that they're like all. One thing they said was that everyone in the Free State Project is running as. Rep- they're running as Republicans in order to get elected. And like, okay, that's, that is true. There are a lot of people in the Liberty Movement that are doing that because they have to, because they can't run as libertarians. So they, you know, there, there are some inaccuracies there, but. Sure. I mean, some libertarians have also run as Democrats, though it's not as common, but it has happened. And I think at least one person was successful doing this. You just have to find a different common ground to talk about with the Democrats, but there's definitely common ground there. Social justice, uh, criminal uh, prison reform, these kinds of things we can talk about with the Democrats and reason with them and get them to at least accept us as one of them if we run for office as a Democrat. Just like with Republicans, we talk about economic freedom, lowering taxes, abolishing property taxes, these kind of things. Even though we disagree with Republicans on quite a lot and we disagree with Democrats on quite a lot. We can talk about the common ground that exists between us to allow us to work together and build something better. Yeah, basically, we gotta we gotta walk through the doors that will open for us. Yeah, that we have available to us. Um, and uh, yeah, so overall, it's just I, I recommend watching that. It, um, I think Luke uh, can could stand to speak up a bit more to promote the ideas of liberty. 
But uh, he, 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 he corrected Joe Rogan on a couple things, so that was good. And overall, it's very interesting to hear Michael Malice. He's very well-spoken, um, and he's more than willing to challenge a lot of uh, ingrained statist um, perspectives that people had. And he, he does it very, very tactfully, too. So he's really getting, getting through to a lot of these folks. Very cool. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Epicurus. Um, I wish Luke Wardowski would call and tell us re- what he gained from moving to New Hampshire because there's been so many people who have moved to New Hampshire. And obviously, one of the biggest things I've gained is the ability to do a national talk radio show, right? I didn't have that in Mississippi, but I, I also didn't know that was going to happen when I came to New Hampshire. But it's definitely what is going to be keeping me here, not to mention the community. There's so much sense of community here that it's if you need something, anyone within the Liberty Movement will be able to help you with it within a very quick time frame. As long as it's not like, hey, I need someone to help me completely unpack my house or whatever. And even then, they do that for new movers. They have these new movers parties where they help people do exactly that. Yeah, and like 15 to 20 people will show up at your house and you know help you unload the moving truck. Honestly, and then you'll make friends too and you'll get invited to all these meetups and you'll get connections and it's just amazing how like things kind of unfold for people like that in New Hampshire like if they kind of, you know, just go out into these groups, you'll you'll meet the right people and the doors will open for you. Yeah, I went to one where Nikki was there and I went to one with Ian and those were some of my favorite things I've gone out to do for the, you know, for, for the movement so far because you... You went to one what? I'm sorry, a uh, new movers part. Well, okay. not a new movers party, but just people moving in, helping them move, unpack their uh, U-Haul and bring it into their house. It's just fun because you get to learn a lot about them and you get to see inside their houses. And I just think the houses are cool in New Hampshire. I've never been to one of these new mover parties because they tend to happen when I'm actually on the show. So that kind of gets in the way about it. But I mean, plus I'm not... I don't really want to help people unload boxes and stuff. And there's plenty of people who are already doing that. So, you know, I know that's terrible. And I wish sound I like Mark. said it, but it's true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I'm not asking them, what do I get out of helping you move these boxes? <laughs> 603-283-6160. Join us, talk about whatever is important to you, take control of the airwaves, share your thoughts and opinions. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And Bonnie, you have a story. Multiple people have brought this in in the last few days. I, I was one of them as well. So, I mean, it's something we've got to get into. Single men care less about sex after the pandemic, evidently, than they did before the pandemic. Yes, this is from New York Post, and the title is Single Men Just Don't Care About Sex Anymore, Study Says. And I'm really confused about... I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, as a blanket statement, probably not true. Well, Uh, neither of you are involved with single men. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a single man. (laughs) I still know. I know things, Aria. I just don't believe that statement is completely blanket true. Maybe on average, but I guess we'll get into it. I think it's probably true, but I think they're wrong in that this was an issue before the pandemic as well. Hmm. I think they're blaming COVID for something that is actually more to do with the availability of pornography and how they've forgotten that sex is better 
than spending time by themselves. Well, because I've been complaining about that since long before COVID-19, because that's a real thing that I run into all the time. What? It's men who have forgotten that actually having sex is better better. with another person. Yes. Yes. Better way of putting it. They have forgotten that they become lazy. You know, they're not the hunters that men are supposed to be. Yeah. I had a friend who had a boyfriend for like three years and she told me like when they broke up, she's like, we almost like never had sex. And he, oh, I guess I can't say some of the things I was going to say. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I had to think about it. But anyways, but they, the single men out there, they expect sex to just fall into their laps literally while they're laying in bed. And if they have to put any more effort into it than that, it's not worth it to them because Ugh. they don't remember that sex with someone else is better than sex by themselves. I think that pornography is part of the problem of even people who aren't single, just like not wanting to have sex as much because I think that, I don't know, they just don't think it's as hot to have normal sex or something because they watch crazy sex. They could hire a prostitute. I'm sure they would do some crazy stuff. I mean... If it wasn't illegal to hire prostitutes, that that would solve a lot of problems in the United States, for sure. For sure. It would get rid of some of these hateful incels who live in their parents' basement and who decide they they have to hate women because or trans women because trans women are getting laid more often than they are. (laughs) That, That seems to be how it goes. But let's get into this article. See why they're saying this is happening. This first sentence is very confusing to me. It says, we've gone from a slutty summer to a flaccid fall. Oh, gosh. I didn't know we were having a slutty summer, but okay. Wasn't the summer still within the pandemic as well? <laughs> That's, I, I mean, don't know, presumably. The, in these people's world. Yeah, didn't the pandemic start in like March of last year and it hasn't gone away? Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it in my real life, to be honest. I don't think the summer was open or slutty, but <laughs> let's carry on. According to a study published by Match... Today, 81% of single men said sex is now less important than it was for them in pre-pandemic times. Does it, Okay. Does the, it say what is more important to them now? Maybe we'll get into that. It says the jaw-dropping stat on lackluster libidos is thanks to a perfect storm of biological and societal reasons brought on by COVID, according to Match's chief scientific advisors and sex researchers, Helen Fisher and Justin Garcia. You can't shut a planet and expect someone's physiolog- physiology to remain the same, Fisher told the Post. We no, also- you would expect them to want sex more after the pandemic, right? That's what I would have expected. For these people who actually locked down and didn't have any social interactions, I would expect them to want more social interactions of all types after the pandemic. I could also see how it would cause somebody to just kind of be messed up in the head if they really like walked down and you know only ordered food and didn't leave their house as as little as possible um i could see it messing with your head you know and especially if they pick up habits like oh i'm drinking at my house every day that that uh drops your libido is like drinking a lot well if they went 19 months without sex with another person i totally see why that could be an issue it would just exacerbate the same problem that already existed though which is where they have forgotten even more that it's better with a partner than it is alone yeah and that's what they did for the last 18 months or however they've been locked down 
She goes on, we all suffered, dopamine plummeted, testosterone plummeted, sex is less important. The we more- didn't all suffer. Yeah, you we idiots didn't. who, ob- who yeah. obeyed the federal government suffered. I thrived during the pandemic. Had more fun than ever. Did you have a slutty summer? I have a slutty every day. <laughs> oh my goodness. The more sex you have, the more you want. Hmm, interesting. See? <laughs> the- case in point. The article made the case for me. And this is a quote from the lady still, the scientific expert or whatever, so must be true. (laughs) The more sex you have, the more you want. The less sex you have, the less you want. These singles were having less sex and were under extreme stress. The two together dampened the importance of sex in their lives, she says. That that makes sense, but I don't think the pandemic is entirely to blame for it. And I really don't think... I have a hard time believing that that many people actually just locked down in their homes and just stayed inside 24-7. I don't think they could have afforded to do that, most of all. And I just can't imagine anyone actually doing it. Well, what about the stimulus checks? They got $600. Yeah, and that probably bought them a new television to sit there and (laughs) watch CNN from during the pandemic. It sounds like people are just blaming their low testosterone levels on COVID. (laughs) It does sound that way. I do know one friend who... You know, when COVID-19 first hit, she took it seriously. She quarantined. She self-isolated. She got to a point where she was playing Go Fish with her cat. And obviously, she was playing cards for the cat's behalf as well. And she lost the game to the cat, for what it's worth. And that was just peak COVID-19 sadness for me. You're, You're playing cards with your cat. And very shortly after this, she had had enough and she had rejoined the world. And, you know, she was one of these people who took it seriously. I can't imagine anyone actually going through this experience for more than three, four weeks before they're like, no, I, I cannot do this anymore. I'm going back out there. I I had to go to work. Like, I was I was actually scared at the beginning, but I just had to go to work. I could not pay my bills. So and I didn't want to go on the, the government's dole just because that's just never been something I've been like wanting to do like that just kind of scares me like having to just depend on somebody else yeah i wouldn't say that i was scared but at the very beginning i was very concerned but it was because there was this uh telegram channel i was in called dr chen or something like that who claimed to be a chinese dissident uh former national who was getting access to wechats from people who were still in china showing people just like dropping dead in the streets and beijing being on fire cities around china being on fire He alluded to the idea that they were burning bodies and stuff like that because they ran out of room to hold the dead. So when I was seeing this, it's like, yeah, if that was happening, the Chinese government would do that. They would cover it up. And at the same time, he would show videos that were reported in the news as being true, like people being welded into their homes and stuff like that. But he was also littering a lot of what I've come to realize was just misinformation. I don't know the context of this woman who was just standing there at a table and she just drops dead. For all I know, the whole thing could have been staged. Mm. But that was the perception of COVID-19 that I had in December of 2019 and January of 2019. Once it started coming to the United States, it became clear almost immediately that it was a giant nothingness. And I remember coming to the studio one day and uh, Matt, who 
had, to be fair, he reversed his position and he opened his eyes and he calmed down a lot. But there was one point where like he was spraying Lysol so often that I could not breathe as I was sitting here doing the show. It was intense. Oh my gosh. Coconut sneezes. My dog sneezes so much if you uh, spray Lysol in the same room as him. So He would come down the stairs there spraying it in front of himself and just continually spraying <laughs> as it. As if that's going to help. <laughs> it was an intense amount of Lysol. And I can't say I blame him for that because, you know, he was being exposed to those same fear-mongering elements that I was being exposed to. And I just happened to have the realization somewhat sooner than he did that, oh, yeah, there's actually there's actually nothing to this. They're just using it as an excuse to grab power. Yeah. I kind of had the theory. I mean, I was literally working in the COVID unit, like peak COVID, like in the very beginning. And I was kind of just like, you know what? I have to do this. And if I die, I die. And hopefully I don't bring it home to my family or anybody else. But I mean, it, it is what it is. That's a good way of looking at it. I mean, ultimately, that's what all of us here in the Liberty community did. We just said, oh, well, this is just a risk we're going to take because it doesn't seem to be that bad. But even if it is that bad, we have lives to live. And we're not just going to put those on hold because the government's telling us to be afraid. 603-283-6160 if you want to join us and weigh in on whether or not you think single men desire sex less now because of COVID-19. We're going to keep talking about that. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And we're talking about single men here and their desire to, their decreased desire to have sex, which is something that's always, it's a weird issue for me, right? Like, if I'm pursuing a woman, it's understood to me, despite being a trans woman, it's still understood that my role is to pursue, right? And not in like a creepy way or anything like that, but if I'm meeting with a chick it's just sort of understood that i'm taking her out or i'm going to her place or whatever i wouldn't expect her to drive to me so that we could hook up because that's not how the dynamics of that relationship work and that seems to be in my experience what men want these days is for the girl to just show up and it required no more effort for them from them than that yeah if a guy was ever talking to me in that type of way i would just 
completely stop talking to them because that's just uninteresting to me. Like, I want it to be fun. It's not fun to just be like, let me go to your house and have sex with you. See, I, I, play, I find plenty fun about that. <laughs> I just think the, the dynamic is backward, right? I see, I see what you're saying, but also I just think it's more fun to have, I don't know, more buildup. Different things for different people, for sure. But the the role of the... If the guy isn't willing to put in enough effort to even travel to the girl, then why should the girl have any expectation that the experience is going to be even remotely half-decent? <laughs> yeah, mean, if you're not willing to put in that effort, like, you're not going to be able... They're not going to be willing to put in any other effort sexually. So, right. like, why even bother? And that's why they end up not hooking up. And that's why they end up resorting to pornography and to being alone. And ultimately, over time, they just forget or it becomes not worth it to them. There's like, oh, sure, I could put in all of that effort or I could just go to Pornhub. Yeah, it's like this vicious cycle. Yes. And then in time, they just forget why one would even want to actually engage in sexual relations with another problem. That's been my theory for the last few years, at least. And hearing this from the author here who suggests that the COVID-19 pandemic keeping people locked down while the government keeping people locked down in their homes, I would say it just exacerbated a problem that was already there. But this guy at Match, that's Match.com, is suggesting that it created this problem. But I think the guy at Match is severely overestimating how what percentage of their users are actually meeting and hooking up. I would suggest the number of users is probably fewer than 1%. Hmm. The rest of them are just chatting. I've just I've only ever known one person that ever used match.com and even that person I was like, "Really match.com? You're like in your mid 20s, you're not like old." Like, I don't know, that I just think of more of like Tinder or something else. See, I I used to use Match.com. Uh, I can't use Tinder at the moment. It's on the list of things I've been requested to use because I'm not just into guys and there's just guys on Grindr and not really wanting to deal with that. And Match.com, it has its, its place. It's supposed to be more about relationships where Tinder was more about hooking up. Yeah. And that would be the distinction there. And like eHarmony is more, I don't even know if it still exists, but it I was- think so. It was more about finding specifically someone to have a long-term relationship with. Mm. Whereas Match was like, sure, let's go on some dates and build a relationship and maybe it go to that point. But you're not going to find your future wife on Tinder, right? Almost certainly not. <laughs> you might. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but the odds are extremely low that I it's guess, going to happen. I guess I have to agree well, um, the article goes on to say it's not to say that the horizontal hokey pokey is no longer on the minds of single men, but it's that it's taken a back seat to newfound priorities in both relationships and love. Garcia explained that's one of the experts that Match.com has. OK, so it does have something that they're interested more than sex. So that's interesting. It's most striking in men that they're taking a moment to value relationships and relationship context of intimate encounters more. We see. I don't believe that nonsense for a second. Is this only Match.com users or something? And I don't know. He's probably trying to plug Match.com. I mean, that's why he's overestimating the number of people who are actually successfully meeting on Match. Because he's got a product to sell, right? It would be... 
unhelpful for him to come out and say, look, most people aren't actually having sex anyway, it turns out. The best way of having sex, if that's really what you want to do, is probably to just go to a bar. But the benefit of these apps like Tinder and Grindr and OkCupid, I think, is another, is that you know when you go on them what you're looking for and what the other person is looking for. If you go to a bar, you may or may not encounter someone who's A, single, B, interested in you, or C, interested in dating. So that's one of the benefits that these apps actually have. But as far as people hooking up on them, it's it's not really very common. Well, he says, we see the rates of casual sex are down. Only 11% of singles want to date casually. More people are back to the three-date rule and want to go on multiple dates before making out or having intercourse. How is he getting this data? Is he like mining the ma- the messages that people <laughs> send and receive on Match.com? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't think it ever said that because that's why I asked. It It says a study published by Match, but it never explained how they got this info. I, I wondered, is it only Match users that they're... Uh, Maybe they did a survey? Survey? Yeah, but... That seems likely. I will say, he, he's not wrong in certain aspects. The number of people who are messaging me saying, hey, are you looking for dates or relationship or It has increased throughout the last year. As but, in more people don't just want to have sex, they, they're asking if you're looking to date? Yes. Okay. So that has actually increased, but not by any noticeable amount or any meaningful amount. Hmm. So what else does this guy have to say? They say that is because... Many men are now experiencing post-traumatic growth from uh, COVID and are focusing towards prioritizing well-being along with furthering emotional maturity. What is post-traumatic growth? I don't know. That's why I had to stop and laugh. I've I've never heard that term. I guess it's uh, having to grow because you just went through something traumatic. Um, I thought they were talking about like the COVID-15, like when you get fat because of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. No, but I imagine the people who did, you know, actually buy into all of the fear and who did actually lock down. I mean, they were traumatized, not by COVID-19, but by the fear mongering done by governments and the media in regard to COVID-19. So I have no no doubt that PTSD is actually a thing. We discussed that a week or two ago where this guy was like, we're calling it pre-PTSD, which is, and this was about global warming, which Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, people were coming in traumatized with pre-PTSD because they were so scared about the global warming events that hadn't even happened to them yet. And I was pointing out then that those events did happen to them. They don't have pre-PTSD. They have PTSD because they spent their entire lives being told that global warming was going to kill them. And all of the adults in the world knew about it and were doing nothing to stop it. That's traumatizing. That's traumatizing entire generations of people. So it's not pre-PTSD at all. And the COVID-19 lockdowns is also not pre-PTSD. It's just PTSD from these people who were terrorized by the governments and the media. Well, apparently this person is saying because of it, they're growing. And he says singles are growing up. They're looking for long-term stability in a partnership. They're going to take their time to find it. And men are leading the way. I just, I just, knowing men, I just don't believe it. Like... (laughs) My my boyfriend is just like a specific breed of like, I don't know, a, a good guy. So I'm well, not talking about him. Well, I mean, people get older. So certainly someone who's now, you know, in their 30s or whatever, may be looking to settle down and maybe looking into a long term relationship. But there would still be plenty of 25 year olds who are not. 
So does this person have an explanation of why the older people probably are looking to settle down and develop these lasting relationships, but why aren't there younger people signing up to join the platform? He actually goes into uh, the generations now, if you want me to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into that when we get back, because I'm curious to learn, and I suspect the reason could be that younger people are just, you know, using Tinder and Grinder instead of Match. But we're going to find out why. 603-283-6160. If you have any thoughts about why single men may be less interested in sex, you're invited to share those thoughts. That's 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Well, now Intercoin has launched this investor token worldwide, and for the first time, it's available on an exchange. Go to exmarkets.com, that's xmarkets.com, with just an email address. You can keep your privacy intact and sign up for the exchange. You can then deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, trade them for Tether, and then buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. Learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org. That's I-N-T-E-R coin.org. Or buy and sell ITR at xmarkets.com. That's exmarkets.com. We're talking about Bonnie's story here about single men, and they're actually going to get into a breakdown on the generations and how how the pandemic has affected their sex lives this guy is making the argument that COVID 19 essentially caused them to grow and have higher priorities which is terminology i don't particularly care for than just having sex because you don't necessarily have to grow into that different things for different people right but this guy is suggesting that COVID 19 caused them to realize that they need to look for more lasting relationships or whatever And I would argue that it's probably just because the people who were using Match got older and their priorities changed more because of that than for COVID-19. But if that was the case, then there would still be 25 to 30-year-olds who were still looking to just have casual hookups. And their data may or may not support that. He gets into the the generational breakdown coming up. Says much of that, meaning people growing after COVID-19, has come from men becoming more well-rounded, according to the researcher or the research. Does he mean fatter? <laughs> that, it must be the COVID fifteen COVID growth. <laughs> the study found that seventy-two percent of Generation Z and sixty-nine percent of millennials began taking up new hobbies during the pandemic. No, don't don't try to tell me you are not interested in sex now because you got a new hobby during the pandemic and you're just more well-rounded. That. I just don't believe that. And didn't this article start with like low testosterone levels and low libido and low sex drives? So low dopamine levels. How are they like connecting these two things? Well, as the other, I, I think the initial person got it correct best. If the more sex you have, the more sex you want. The less yeah. sex you have, the less sex you want. So these people just went a long period of time not having sex. And now it's just not a priority to them. It says 69% of Generation Z boasted that they made significant career strides. In the middle of a lockdown? Yeah, that's odd. That seems unlikely. Plus... 69... 
Gen are is does Gen Z even have careers at this point? I think they're like teenagers, right? I no, think it's like right after like me and Bonnie. So like I think the youngest or the oldest Gen Z would probably be like twenty one by now. Yeah, no, they're older. They're uh, supposed to be in nineteen ninety seven. So oh, okay. I mean, that's the grade I I okay. graduated with in twenty fifteen. Most of them are nineteen ninety seven. Um, plus, men are better at relaxing. It says they're getting more sleep. They're gaining confidence. I don't think just sitting around sleeping all day gains you confidence. I uh, I think just that getting, it's the opposite. They're getting really good at playing video games, so now they're just like super confident. That's probably <laughs> what they mean by hobby for the vast majority of these men, I would suggest. But I would argue that th- this is probably not healthy. If you locked down and you developed a new hobby, and post-lockdown you love that hobby so much that it's causing you to actually value human interactions less... That's a negative thing. I, right? I agree. It sounds crazy. It sounds like an addiction, right? They spent, you know, 10 hours a day playing video games during the lockdown. Now the pandemic is over. And look, look at him and his new hobby. He's such a well-rounded individual. <laughs> oh, how he has grown. <laughs> but he's just sitting there playing video games for 10 hours a day instead of actually going out and trying to meet women or using apps to try to meet women. That doesn't sound like a healthy change at all. I, I think that's exactly what's going on. This sounds like what they're describing, but they're just adding this positive twist to it. I think this is part of you will have nothing and you will like it. They're just trying to tell people, oh, well, now you're more happy because even though they said that you have less less it was a traumatic experience and you have less dopamine in your brain they're trying to make you seem like or make you feel like you're happier now that the pandemic was over i think that's what this is really all about does it give any details about what hobbies it's talking about it doesn't that's unfortunate i i need to know did anyone out there take up a new hobby during COVID 19 603-283-6160 i have a number of hobbies and All of them sort of got sidelined because I had other better stuff to do during the pandemic than just engage in hobbies. But I realize that's not true for most people who actually lock down and stuff like that. But playing video games is certainly a hobby, sure. But becoming better at that hobby or wanting to put more time into it at the expense of interacting with other human beings is unhealthy behavior. And I think you're right. This sounds like a... This sounds like they're just trying to put a positive spin on something negative. Like, oh, it turns out, you know, inflation is actually a good thing. Or, <laughs> hey, your kid having my myocarditis, that's actually a good thing. That's going to make them a healthier, more well-rounded adult. Builds character. Who plays yeah. video games for 10 hours a day and isn't interested in hooking up with women. I just think isn't that... Isn't society great? If... What they were describing, I, this is the only reason or way I can think that what they were describing would make sense. It it would only make sense that they were getting more well-rounded and they're happier with this new hobby if they were also having more sex. Because I just think that you can't be doing your hobby 24-7 and usually you want to learn something cool that you can show women so you can have more sex. <laughs> That's why I started playing electric guitar. <laughs> No joke. That that wasn't why. I was interested in the subject, right? But yeah. I, I also knew that if you play the guitar, girls like that, right? <laughs> and it's true. And so that's a hobby that could actually be used to help one in those efforts rather than a hobby that detracts from those efforts. Because whether we like it or not, humans are sexual beings. The vast majority of every organism's life is spent attempting to eat or procreate. <laughs> and that's true for humans as well. And if you don't have that drive that desire because you're instead playing video games for 10 hours a day then 
you're kind of running counter to what your nature wants you to do. And there are people for whom that that isn't a fair assessment, right? Like myself, I have no desire to procreate, but for most people, that's what leads them to want to have sexual relationships in the first place is this biological desire to procreate. I think the COVID-19 just threw all of this out of whack. And it was already out of whack. And the accessibility of pornography, I think, caused that. Not that I want porn to be inaccessible or anything like that. I'm just saying, hey, this is a social issue. And I think that men throughout the world, especially in the United States, need to actually address how much pornography they're watching and take steps to have a healthier sex life than just pornography and being by oneself. I think the overuse of pharmaceuticals might also be like throwing people's hormones out of whack. So that might also like decrease testosterone and sex drive. That's true. Antidepressants are notorious for that. And a lot of people, more and more people are on antidepressants than ever. They're prescribing these things like they're candy at the grocery store. I would also say that just entertainment in general is too accessible in cities. When I went to San Antonio for just like two days to visit my friend in in September, I was like, whoa, this is like playing a video game. What do you mean entertainment is too accessible? Just like, let's order food to the house. Let's, Uh, I don't know. We can get into it. 603-283-6160 if you want to join the discussion. There is more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us and weigh in. We're talking about just social issues that we've encountered throughout our lives and prime and largely during the last 18 months of the pandemic. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Bonnie. And Nikki. And Bonnie, before we went out to break, you mentioned that you found entertainment too accessible or too... I don't remember the exact word you used. Yeah. It's not that it's too accessible. I mean, to each their own. It's just I realized I don't want to live in a city because you can just be comfortable with like I don't I don't know how to ex- really explain it. Like what what was I really doing that was different in a city? It was just like okay, going to a mall. Like every day we went shopping, and it was just like wow, this is like not a good use of my time. And it feels like you did something. It feels like oh, let's go do something. Let's go to the mall. But really, you're just. You're doing, I don't know, I felt very, like, it made me realize that when I lived in San Antonio and I was just doing stuff like that all the time, I was just making money to immediately spend it on entertainment. And And do you mean, like, it's, like, almost like a meaningless thing that you're doing? Like, it doesn't really have any real value or, like, substance to it? Yeah, like, I, I, I was also, I also had this on my mind, the last subject, I mean, last segment, I couldn't even read that much in San Antonio because I, like, couldn't focus because I was always thinking about like the thing I could be, you know, the fun thing I could be doing. And also People because of boys. People still go to the mall for fun? Yeah. Okay. We we had some events we had to do. So we were like creating outfits and it was fun. 
you know you feel like you you had like a you feel like you had a an event you went and did by going to the mall when really you could just get your clothes online i i can see what you mean there then um it's certainly i i noticed that it's a lot easier to just get doordash or something like that than it is to go and pick up the restaurant but I, I still prefer to go pick it up at the restaurant when possible because it, it has that human element. And a lot of the places I eat from are, like, locally owned. So the owners know me and I like talking to them and stuff like that. And DoorDash and ordering online, things like that, they sort of remove that human element from it. So I think given the choice, in most cases, I would rather go to the store itself. Uh, there There are some exceptions. Like, if it's Walmart... I will do anything and everything I can to avoid going to Walmart. And I will order substitutes online from Amazon. I don't care. Walmart, I hate that place. And it's not just the horrible fluorescent lights. It's that for whatever reason, when people enter Walmart, they completely and totally lose the ability to be aware of themselves and their surroundings. Oh, my God. And this is a common thing anyway. I don't understand why people walk backwards. Can anyone out there explain to me why people walk backwards? If you can, 603-283-6160. There are people I work with who I actually admonish about this because they'll just suddenly start walking backwards. Like, dude, you have literally no idea what's behind you. And you're just stepping... Evolution failed. It should have killed off the humans who had the desire to walk backwards blindly. I was leaving Walmart because this is the only place I can easily get um, the cat food that my cats like. They have it at Walmart. And as I was leaving, this kid, probably 16 to 16, 17 years old, I don't know why, wearing this stupid forward-looking baseball cap, just started walking backwards, plowed directly into me. And then turned around like I was the one who was wrong. Like, no, dude... I was watching where I was going. You're the one who just just standing there, minding your own business, decided I'm not going to actually look to see what's behind me. I'm just going to start backing up and yolo into the streets and hope for the best. Hopefully there's no one coming who's going to break my ankle with a shopping cart. I don't know because I'm an idiot walking backwards in a way that humans were not designed to walk. I can't even imagine. Like, I don't think I've ever done that. And I can't I don't understand why he would do that. People do it all the time, and I run into it at Walmart. Another reason I hate Walmart is because if there's a family of three people there, instead of walking single foul and not taking up as much space as possible, they always walk beside each other, making me have to go all the way around them instead of just, hey, why don't you be aware of how wide this owl is and how wide your fat wife is <laughs> and get her to walk behind you instead. Yeah, my dad trained, my dad was in the army and he like trained me and all my seven siblings to walk behind him in the aisles. And oh my God, when I was dating my last boyfriend, he just like didn't understand getting up next to people and leaving the cart in the very middle of the aisle and it would drive me crazy. I don't know if it has to be done to that extent, you know, the duck and the little ducklings and all of that walking in a single file line. But when you see someone else coming, that should always be the the go-to. It's like, okay, here's someone coming. I should not be walking directly beside the person I'm with when I can just walk behind them or they can walk beside me. And then we can make room for this other human being who also exists and shouldn't have to walk 30 extra feet because I'm an idiot who isn't aware of my surroundings. Yeah, it's just social cues that people should be able to pick up on. And I feel like this is something that's gotten worse since COVID. People oh, have yeah. kind of like forgotten how to be human. The other day I was 
um, wondering if I could find anything. I wanted, have you guys ever seen like those things that'll be like a one month workout challenge where you like yeah every day you do a different thing i wanted to see if i could find something like that for social interactions because i realized that the other day i uh, was taking a walk and i just like i had to get up the courage to say hi to the lady that walked past me and she said hi and after that i felt accomplished and i was like if i could just make myself go do something like that every day i feel like i would like actually make an actual impact and feel better about myself because i mean everybody walks around with masks and i just only know a few people in this town and things like that um i don't know i just think that would be a cool thing but it didn't seem to exist on the internet it's a weird social thing i'm glad you point that out because i never know how to deal with it if i'm walking down a sidewalk and someone is walking down toward me down the same sidewalk sometimes they don't speak sometimes i don't speak sometimes neither of us speaks sometimes i say hello sometimes i don't it's like what is the correct way to handle this in a social way i always say hi and that's but actually you can't say hi if you're like walking down main street to every single person yeah. walking yeah. past you so I how guess do you so. identify the ones to say hello to i guess whoever smiles and is not wearing a mask i feel like as uh like a kid i always saw like my mom and people i knew doing that like saying hi all the time just waving to people and i'd be like do we know them they'd be like nope but when I lived in San Antonio, I stopped. Like, in fact, I told Ian I would make, like, the most serious face beeline to whatever I was doing because I didn't want any interaction because, like, people are crazy. Like, people are just crazy. But I want to unlearn that, kind of. And I think COVID has made it worse for everyone. Like, not COVID, but the lockdowns and restrictions. Well, that was one of the things I liked about New Hampshire. So I hike a lot. And I noticed that hiking in New Hampshire people are so much more friendly, like substantially so than where I'm from. Like I would just find a random person on a hiking trail and we would just like, oh, hi. And then kind of like somehow get into this like conversation about like, you would start with the weather and next thing I know, I'm like talking about this guy's dog that he doesn't have with, you know, it's just, you know, next thing I know, I next thing I know, I know his wife's name and just like random stuff like that. But it's like, it's always a nice interaction. Like it's not too much, but it's it's just friendly and it's it's easy. It's not like either of us are forcing the conversation. We're just kind of like naturally having this conversation. And I find that a lot more in New Hampshire than I did like anywhere else I've usually hiked. New Hampshire is definitely a friendly place. And I should have pointed out with my initial question that, you know, circumstances matter a lot. Like if I'm just walking down a sidewalk by myself and there's just one other person coming, obviously we're going <laughs> to say hello to each other. Yeah. But walking down Main Street or something like that, or what if I'm standing there talking to a friend or walking with a friend and someone else walks past? There's all sorts of little social circumstances there where there's really no clear answer about whether or not to leave this person alone or have the audacity to say hello to them. And as I think about it that way, it's like, what's the harm that could happen anyway from just saying hello to them? Yeah. So there's kind of really no reason not to, except you're walking down Main Street and there's, you know... 6,000 people yeah. there. You can't say hello to all of like, them. Like, if you said hello to somebody on the street in Boston, they would, like, give they would like give you a death glare. They'd be like, really? this person had the audacity to speak to me? Yeah, Boston's a weird, angry city. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird place. I imagine you would get much the same result in New York City. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. When we come back, we're going to talk about Momnibus and the act revolving that is related to that. It's so hard to say. I'm just proud I managed to say it correctly. It's Free Talk Live.
is Free Talk Live. I want to say thank you to Ukraine 79. That's tonight's amplifier. That means Ukraine 79 is a member of the AMPS program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you value the show, if you like the ideas of liberty being, being spread on national radio, if you want to help us get more radio stations to get more podcast downloads and all of that, the AMPS program is the best way to do it. It's on Patreon, so it's pretty simple to join. Go to amps.freetalklive.com, A-M-P-S. Ukraine 79, thank you so much. It only costs five bucks per month to get in, and it does come with a number of cool little perks. But really, if you join, the reason should be because you want to help Free Talk Live reach a larger audience and continue doing what it's doing. So Ukraine 79, thank you so much. And we hope you check out the program. Now, Nikki, you brought in a story about the Momnibus Act, and you also mentioned, what what is that? Because I've so, never even heard of it. It's the Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act of 2021. So it's basically legislature that is supposed to make maternal health care for black and indigenous people safer and more, you know, give them more equal quality of care. Because in the United States, there is still a lot of racism. And in, in even like so even if the, the care provider isn't outright racist, there's a lot of like subconscious, like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like bias that people are holding on to that they sure. don't even realize. And it's actually statistically shows that black women are way more likely to be abused in healthcare settings than they're more much more likely to die. That's especially horrible. especially um, relating to birth. So this act is supposed to address maternal health crisis in the United States, which disproportionately affects black and indigenous people. I mean, it sounds like, you know, something the healthcare industry needs to address. Absolutely. I'm just not sure government is the best one yeah. suited to do that. And that's like, I can, I get it. And I think it's a good mission. But I agree with you. I don't think that more legislature is going to fix the problem. And I think it might actually make it worse. But I did like this article because I think it touches upon a lot of topics that most people have absolutely no clue about. So more people are likely to die from pregnancy related causes in the United States than any other high income country in the world. Which, I mean, that's like shocking to most people. Most people have absolutely no clue about that. And I had no clue about that until today, actually. And I work in healthcare and I work in birth. So, and I, I like to think that I'm pretty like well read with like different issues with, regarding right. those topics. And I had never heard of that. And I researched more into it. And it's actually true. I didn't know anything about it, but I'm not at all surprised to hear that it's true. Yeah. The crisis is more severe for black and indigenous people. Congress has an opportunity to address this dire reality by passing the Black Maternal Health Mommybus Act of 2021, a legislative package of 12 bills that centers black women and aims to comprehensively address every dimension of the black maternal health crisis in the country. So basically, extensive. basically, this act is supposed to invest and expand the maternal health care system, address the maternal social determinations of health, and help protect pregnant and postpartum people from the effect of COVID-19. So it does, like, I, I really agree with the mission, but again, like, it just, 
It's I, not a test read, suited for government. And I read the act, and it just doesn't... The things they're putting forward, like, I just don't think that these measures are the things that is going to help this issue. But I do think talking about it is going to help this issue. And I think that educating healthcare providers and just regular people is going to help this issue. Unfortunately, a lot of uh, big acts usually have a totally noble cause behind them because that's what they use to get people to vote for it. Yeah. I tend to think that the best suited thing to deal with this would probably be critical race theory. Maybe not in the public school system because there shouldn't be a public school system, but if only we had some educational idea that could teach people about their their learned racial biases and how society has evolved built on these racial biases so that they could address them and make things better. If only we had some educational idea about how to do that, how, about how to critically get people to think about race and how it's impacted the growth of the United States over the last several centuries. I don't know um, like a whole lot about that. I don't ever watch the videos about like conservatives like reading about it ever. But um, I know that during the... They read about that worse than the progressives read about the Free State Project. Yeah, they do. Oh my God. Um, and they don't know anything about it, just like progressives don't know anything about libertarianism. Exactly, right? and it, it keeps me from wanting to learn about it because I don't want to hear these people like, uh, like, you know, both sides screaming about it. But um, one thing that I will say is like during the whole Black Lives Matter movement in 2020, uh, it made me—I won't say critical race theory, but the ideas that started getting promoted that white people acted like were so racist. Um, one of the things that I. I forgot exactly where I'm going with this, but one of the things I uh, thought of was just like subliminal. Okay. I remember where I was going with this subliminal things that I've just never thought of that. I wasn't being like person, per, like actually racist, but I just never thought of my bias in that way. One thing was a libertarian who has a podcast called we are libertarians played the, I mean, I think it's the De- declaration of independence uh, he played some clip of somebody speaking it and said, "You um, people don't think about the fact, or white people need to think about the fact that that also had uh, applied to black people. And it sounds crazy. It's not like I ever thought, oh, that doesn't apply to black people. But it made me realize I picture only white people when I think of all that stuff. I mean, I, I don't like the decorate. I mean, I don't like, like the Constitution and all that stuff. But it, it just was a subliminal thing. I always think of white people. And it's because when you learn the history, all the pictures are all white people. And, uh, you know, slavery was still going on at the time. Um, another- well, the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution, whichever one he was quoting, they certainly didn't intend for it to apply to black people. It should. It should, but, but it, that wasn't it actually didn't. It, it should right. apply, but it didn't because they didn't even like the people that wrote all that garbage didn't even think that black people were human. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed to look people in the eyes. They weren't they weren't even count. Even when they got the right to vote, they weren't even counted as a whole person. So well, they didn't even get the. You're talking about the three fifths. But yeah, yes. Right? But that was like much later down yeah. the line. 
And, um, but, and since so they it, got the right to vote, the, the Republicans have done everything they could to k- prevent them from being able to vote. Yeah. It, just realizing that I realized that made, made me think about the fact that like um, a lot of times people will say that pe- minorities don't uh, get the ideas of liberty as much. Well, maybe they don't feel like people are talking about it in a way that applies to them. That's that's all. Well, we hear the same thing. about Women aren't interested in the ideas of liberty. Yeah, here the two of you are. So I think it's just that, yeah, like you point out, what, people aren't being reached in a way that appeals to them. And know? I and I think as far as like the Free State Project is concerned and kind of like the New Hampshire immigration, at one point there were mainly men, there probably still are mainly men up here and like less families and stuff. And I think because those people weren't really speaking to a way that like women were attracted to, like they were kind of, I'm not like trying to generalize, but it wasn't really appealing to women at first i don't think and then once it kind of got more like more families and more women's because like why would a woman want to move someplace where there aren't any other women i mean that's yeah. kind of uh wait we, we noticed that at fork fest uh the year before or the two years ago i don't remember exactly when and we were like we need to make some conscious decision to invite women to fork fest and we called it ladies night out and we Put a fair bit of work into it until I got distracted with other stuff. I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to fund this thing, but I need the rest of you to actually like plan it and make it happen. Yeah. And it was a complete disaster. And <laughs> I remember floating this idea to libertarians. The first thing, the first thing out of one of them's mouths was, oh, yeah, we can get some prostitutes up here. Oh, no. my like, God. No, this is why most, women didn't want to come. Yes, the most libertarian bro thing that yeah. a person could have said was the exact issue that we were attempting to address. And obviously it was a total disaster, but I don't know. You you have to reach people in the ways that w- they want to be reached. And talking about if, if you have a family that's, you know, struggling to find water and they're upset because someone came in and bought 15 cases of water, you're not going to reach that person by explaining to them, oh, well, no, this is actually a good thing. Because now they're going to sell that bottle of water out on the streets and make a profit. You know, they're going to charge you $30 for this now. You're not going to reach that person with that cold logic. You have to reach them in a more emotional way. And libertarians are terrible at that. Yeah. That's it for tonight's show. We're online in the meantime. You can find us at chat.freetalklive.com. That's our social, that's not our social media server. That's our official chat server where several of the hosts are just always talking with listeners of the show. Chat.freetalklive.com.